Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Going in Circles podcast and I'm not talking fast. Actually, I am talking fast. My co-host, the venerable Barry Spears, health issues aside, will be joining us in just a few minutes. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff and we have an announcement at the end. You'll want to stay. See you in a minute. Hey everyone, Barry and I want to thank you for listening to the Big Monday Show and for those that also read the Going in Circles Digest, again, thank you for your support and for listening to our show, reading our stuff. In that same vein, we want to announce that we are now part of a horse racing centric website called RacingHub.com, R-C-N-G-H-U-B. Dot com. It's brand new. We're just slow rolling it out. Uh, it's going to be a spot where you can go for information, for takes, for analysis, for opinions. And they're going to come from us, of course, and others that we feel have unbiased opinions that aren't trying to sell you something that understand racing and the issues and you're going to get a view that is not available in that many other places Uh, we have quite a few people lined up to join us again we're rolling it out slow we're not trying to be anyone else we are ourselves this is our site this is what we're doing we have other partners that are involved as well but We want people to check this out and make suggestions. Tell us what you want to see. Tell us what you think is missing in horse racing media. Um, We're going to do handicapping. We're going to do coverage of races. We're going to do a lot of different stuff. But we want to hear from you because you guys guys are the, the listeners. So... Check it out, rcnghub.com, racinghub.com. Hey there, sniper. <laughs> Take two. Back. 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 Better than ever. Yeah, man. What's going on? How's how's week two of your post uh, <clears throat> issue? Uh, your trip to the disabled list. <laughs> uh, still bruised up. Um, my stitches are about to fall out of my eye. The mm. dissolvable ones—they're about to dissolve out. They're pretty much done. Okay. Uh, black eye still lingering a little bit. Um, the rest of the bruises aren't going so swimming the one on my arm it looks horrific it looked like somebody shot me in my arm one of my legs the same way but you know you can only see those if i show them you know the one my eyeball is fine uh but once that goes away you know nobody know the difference well that's good yeah yeah no but the heart stuff is great man i feel good i can honestly say i can feel the difference from before 
and after. Not a huge difference, but I, I, I can tell. Right. Well, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? How how's it up there in uh the North Pole? Oh, it sucks. It's cold and rainy and <laughs> you can always come down here. <clears throat> I, I I may. You should. May. It's warm. It's eighty today. Yeah, it's it's not been great. <laughs> not gonna lie. It is, pretty- I, I, the one thing I, I would fear moving back up north is that my knees would stop working because it would be so cold. That doesn't help. I can tell you that. <laughs> but it's just been rainy lately and overcast. I mean, it's not so bad on a sunny day, but when it's just gray, it just sucks. Yeah, it's depressing. It gets early. I mean, it, it gets it gets early. It, it gets light so early. <laughs> It's like I, I can't even speak. It gets dark so early that that's really the thing that gets you. Man, sometimes it's five o'clock and you it feels like it's eight o'clock, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Am I tired? Am I supposed to be tired?" Yeah, it's a little confusing. I, I I don't know why it seems like. I guess maybe it's just me getting older, but it seems like I I don't quite adjust this like I used to, or something. Something's different. Yeah. Because like maybe know, after a I week, think, you're like, ah, all right, we're cool. I think when we were younger, we were just a lot more able to handle things. Think about it, just like whatever. No, man. right? Didn't even, <laughs> didn't even. Right? It wasn't on the list of things uh, for me to bitch about. But, but it is, you know, it is what it is. And up here, we have we have winter. Yeah, yes. man. But I, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my man. I miss the weather. I do miss the weather. See, so Gulfstream opened up this week. And those onion rings, right? Reopened up. Yeah. The onion rings are probably not a good idea. Yeah. I'll not end up me with... anymore. Jesus. No. <laughs> no, no. No, B-Spears. You can't do that. <laughs> not the, the heart police will jump out and grab them. Um, yeah, but Gulfstream opened back up for the championship meet. It uh, hasn't been very championship-like. <clears throat> Off the turf on Sunday, supposedly it rained. Um, yeah, they got a few inches rain overnight, which, uh, which which was news to the weather people, but. <clears throat> um. It, it's it's easy to be negative about Gulfstream at this point because it just it just doesn't seem like it's the same track anymore. <clears throat> you know, you have, and I understand that this is an earlier opening than traditionally, even though you know they had the claiming crown there for a number of years, which kind of kicked off the meet, which was a really good thing, but. You know, for whatever reason, they decided they didn't want it, and uh, I think that hurts them because, I mean, the card Saturday was just—it looked like any other card from right the summer meet when nobody's there. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it was a couple <laughs> decent allowance races, but I, 
I mean, I have no idea if this has even been considered, but the truth is that it should probably be a four day meet. Excuse me, four, yeah, four days a week, not five. Yeah, five is too much. I mean, the guys from the north just don't run. They just don't run. They don't want to go in there and run a lot. And you can't blame them, even with the purses, uh, you know, the purse levels being better than they were because they got the free money from the state of Florida, which helps, but it's still a lot less than what they run for in, in the Midwest and in New York. And uh, people just don't feel the need to race their horses as much as they used to and not having turf or having limited turf is is something that doesn't help um so i just don't know how long that the the five days a week is gonna you know maybe next year they'll do it but so how do you solve that problem though you know how do you get or incentivize running your horses more i mean is there really anything anybody can do other than the the mindset of the the people that are make calling the shots i, I think it, it's a complex question because there's a lot of horses that run in the the 10 to the $35,000 level that run all the time sure yeah you know the idea that horses can't run more is not really true that's that's not true at all people choose not to run them I think you need to say that again because there's a lot of people out there that really, really believe in that the breed is weaker, the they can't run as much because they break down, that sort of thing. And 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 to me, I always thought it was a farce. But um, you know, after hearing you talk about it several times, you know, it, I mean, is it different than it was thirty years ago or forty sure. years ago? Probably, yes. yeah. But is it different than it was five years ago? Of course not. That's that's ridiculous. And it's interesting that I don't know if it's interesting is the right word, but you see a lot of people talk about shows. If if, if this show could have gone back fifteen years, I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff that people are just now discovering <laughs> that we were talking about fifteen years ago, but nobody listened. And now everyone's thinking, you know, whoa, wow, well, geez, you know, these these. Huge stallion books. Oh, geez, that's not great because uh, it's like everything else is in this industry. What's happened is that um, the the people at the top, the, the, the organizations at the top, the biggest tracks, the biggest stallions, the biggest trainers, the biggest owners, they, they've basically created a gap between them and everyone else. And in doing so, they've made it where they don't have to uh, the tracks don't compete anymore they just don't i mean they'll and what i mean is that like there used to be a lot more racing there used to be a lot more horses there used to be a lot more um you know the, you needed to run now when you have these, these conglomerate outfits they can't run. They have all the same horses. Todd Pletcher and Chad Brown didn't ship down to Gulfstream this year. This, this, you know, they're South Florida with a bunch of fifteen never went twos. They didn't come with a bunch of maiden twelve fives. They came with a particular type of horse, and 
they have lots and lots and lots of them, but the racing schedule can only offer a certain amount of those type of races, the allowance races, the maiden races. So, yeah, Chad Brown ran one, two, three, four in the matriarch at, at uh, Del Mar this weekend. That's a grade one race, even though it shouldn't be a grade one race. It's, got, it's actually kind of ludicrous that that and the Hollywood Derby uh, somehow maintain grade one status, even though all the horses in the races have <laughs> been running in grade twos and grade threes at best all year long. And now at the end of the year, after the Breeders' Cup, I mean, how, how do you put the Hollywood Derby up against the Breeders' Cup turf and, and, and with a straight face say, all oh, these races should be graded the same? Yeah, that's absurd. It, it, I mean, it, you don't even have to look that far to to catch that one. I mean, like, why is why are there two grade ones like that? Exactly, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just it's, it's ludicrous. Not a far and, leap to, to to figure that one out. I mean, I, I get like, oh, we don't want to, you know, hurt California racing. California racing is done. You can't <laughs> the, the, keeping those races up to so that the West East Coast guys come in and and, and win them all. That that's not helping California racing. And, and not one bit. No. Would it hurt those races if they were grade twos and grade threes? Probably. They probably would. They probably wouldn't get as many people shipping out for them. But the truth is, that's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. You can't just prop up stuff. I mean, I guess a lot of racing is propped up. Yeah, it absolutely is. And so much of it has become this um it's it's almost like a tour right the the the, the top 10 trainers they they're on tour they just huh. go around the country winning all the <coughs> Brad <And> Cox <laughs> it, it's just getting you know it, it's it's tiresome it's it's dull it's frustrating and it's discouraging. It's discouraging for the people competing against those people. It's discouraging for people trying to bet on races and not seeing the same faces over and over and over and over. And, and, and winning it, at four to five all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, are we going to have a, a realistic graded stake system or are we not? I mean, obviously the answer right now is we're not because nope. the way it's set up is just it's just ludicrous and and it's easy to just compare but f- somehow or another they get in this room and and I, again we've talked about this many many different times but no one in that room should be a representative of any racetrack because this wasn't created for racetracks this was created for the breeding market for for bloodstock not not for racetracks but the people that work for racetracks they shouldn't be forced to go in there and defend their racetrack or in some ways you know knock their own races if you're being honest they shouldn't be forced to do that we don't need those guys to do this there's plenty of people that are are able to analyze you know analyze things the analysis of a race is is not done any better i matter i would argue that it's done worse by people who work for racetracks no offense <laughs> to them, but those guys got a lot of stuff to do 
have to fill their their cards on a daily basis. They have to deal with all the crap with the racetrack surface, with the barn area, with the trainers, with the owners, with the, all that other nonsense. There's people that can analyze races way better than than those guys. <laughs> Just look at a handicap race these days. Look at a handicap race. Look how look how they're weighted. You know, they're they all they're within two points of each other or two pounds of each other. Two pounds, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a way of doing this. I mean, I wrote a pretty scathing article the other day. But... Yeah, <laughs> but it's the truth. No, it is. I, it's, it's just the truth. It, 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 if you want to fix things, if you want to make things better, then you can't worry about upsetting people. Everybody in a position of power in racing, they they should they should expect arrows thrown at them. Racing is doing terrible. Like we can sit here and lie and say, oh, wow, it's great. It's terrible. Well, I mean, that's the thing that, that on, gets on. me. You know, they try the Jedi mind trick and try to act as if. And I and I understand the positivity angle. But the reality of the situation, it is what it is. I, I mean, we're not in a good place. <laughs> it's, we're not. We're, we're not. in a good place. And, and if I'm working for a track or if I'm working for a, some kind of organization, then I can't publicly come out and say, ah, everything sucks. I'm terrible, you know. But the fact of the matter is, and a lot of times the person in the front of it isn't actually the person to blame. They're just the person that's trotted out as the, the face of something, even though, you know, the, their boss is often calling the shots. Especially at racetracks, the owners of the tracks are the ones that really, in the end, call the shots. But. Getting people upset, uh, and I, and this is kind of a response to, to Mike Rapoli, and, and this is, you know, we talk about this a lot, but Mike, you know, he, he put himself out there. And like I said, I'll give him credit for, for actually being, you know, willing to put himself out there. But the fact of the matter is, like, he, he's having these meetings with all these other, you know, bridge owners. That's a waste of time. <laughs> it's just a total waste of time, and it? You know, those it, are those guys aren't going anywhere. Those aren't the people you need to talk to. What are they going to do? You, no, no, not a single person on, on that list of owners, which seven or eight top big owners, right? Not a single person is going to sacrifice anything other than some token. <laughs> oh well, you know, we'll send three to George Weaver, like George Weaver's, you know, uh, a guy that's struggling. George Weaver's doing great. George <laughs> Weaver's a great trainer. He's a, he's a really, really good trainer. He's got a big bar he's got a super outfit and i i just like half taken aback when people say oh well you know we don't have mall with pletcher we have a couple with weaver <laughs> i mean that you got that just shows a lack of understanding of, of what's going on and you know oh lisa lazarus is great and this one's good and this one no this isn't how things get done that's not how it works. You're not going to change anything by telling everybody how great everything is. That's what this business has done for 30 years. Right, the Jesus. last 30 years. This is why the, so many things don't get fixed. So many things don't get, you know, we're so afraid. So afraid of, of, oh, of pointing out when someone doesn't do a good job. When pointing out someone doesn't, a, a racetrack runs a shit race. Why? Why is that? I I, I've never 
I've never understood that. It, it just makes no sense to me why, you know, pointing out the obvious, especially when things are wrong in this industry, is like totally frowned upon. And, and it's like, you know, they think they're above any kind of criticism in every aspect, like almost every aspect. I just don't get it, especially when we're in such a bad state of affairs <laughs> that we need something to turn around. The honesty and the transparency about what's going on can only help. Well, I mean, no one thinks they're doing a bad job. Well, no, they're never going to think no they're one doing thinks a bad they're job. doing a bad job. They all think that <laughs> I mean, deep down inside, they may know they're really not doing a good job. But in the end, no one actually cognizantly says, yeah, hey, I'm doing a bad job. I'm, I'm going to quit. You know, <laughs> a lot of times excuses are made. There's lots of excuses. Horse racing is an excuse laden industry. But, you know, th- there's been some talk uh, over the last few years, you know, especially with the heist about the culture of the backside. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it's all culture, bullshit. Huh? The culture there's a lot of culture on the backside. You know but... what the culture of the backside is? Is 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 trying to win races. Yeah. That's the culture. That's that's always been the culture. That's the culture in any competitive sport. Is all oh, the culture of drugs. Get out of here. Well, if you think about it this way, it that might be kind of true, only because the competitive balance is so shifted the wrong way that the people at the bottom it's or, not there. You know, it's, in the it's middle. always been the same. Everyone acts like Oh, like like horses are getting drugged and this and that. That's the, it's the biggest crock of shit that there ever was. Well, well I guess like, I'm like saying things, that it's not like a far leap to think that. Like people weren't giving horses uh, drugs <clears throat> forty years ago or a <laughs> hundred years ago. I mean, it's nonsense. It's just nonsense. Not only that, it's documented. There's no culture of this. The culture is trying to stay alive for a lot of people. No one has guaranteed contracts. This isn't professional sports. In professional sports, if you're a coach, because that's what trainers are. Trainers are coaches. But believe me, they're not athletes. <laughs> and you don't you don't get hell, you don't get paid a lot of times if you do do a good job. Yeah. But you just have to understand that the people are, are most people on the backside are struggling. They're not doing great. And it's just when you don't approach a, 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 an, organiz, not an organization, but an industry that you're trying to um, regulate, or even from a racetrack standpoint, you're trying to run a business. If you're approaching it from the wrong angle or an angle that's faulty it's it's like a math problem you know you you get a long drawn out complicated math problem if any of the figures or equations are wrong from the foundation up it's all wrong right this is horse racing man people are just they're at the symposium that's my school. I mean, I'm, I can't criticize it. We are number one in basketball, and we are going to the Alamo Bowl, which last Alamo year Bowl. produced the two who, two teams that are in the playoff this year. And and uh, you know, Florida <laughs> did did get screwed. Um, that being said, you look at the panels and the makeup of the panels. 
there's a lot of people on those panels that are the problem. They're <laughs> not the solution. Not all of them. Some of them are just panels. But we have these things, these symposiums, and it's not the, the, the position of the University of Arizona to like try to solve all the industry's problems. You have kids that are there. They're trying to learn. They're not there to solve things. They're not, you know, a lot of them are doing some research projects and then various things. But as a whole, it's not their position to try to fix the business. The problem is that we don't have anything where we can really go and sit there and talk about. Because, I mean, listen, the University of Arizona doesn't want to piss off the Stronic group. They don't want to piss off Naira. They don't want to piss off Churchill Downs. You know why? Because where are the people, a lot of the people that go to that school going to be employed? You don't want them to say, well, we're not hiring anybody from there because they we went to the symposium and they basically said that we were uh, Satan, which, you know, in some cases, some of them organizations are basically. But but that's the thing. Isn't, it, that, it's isn't that petty? That, it's that the, it's the university's. Well, this is a petty world. Yeah. But this, it's not the University of Arizona's place to decide that. The, right. the panels no, are true. full of people who <clears throat> do not go to the University of Arizona. They're they're. Now, I mean, would I do it differently? Sure, I'd say that I would do it differently, but also I, I don't know that that I would have the ability. I don't know that they would let me do it differently. But there's some people for, that definitely wouldn't be on the panels. <laughs> We'd be talking about them, <laughs> not, not having them. <laughs> but But that's the thing is that we don't have anything. The Jockey Club Roundtable, every year it's a bitch session about something. And now it's just a a heist, a promotional vehicle. And they've had some decent things over the years. But for the most part, it all gets, gets, everybody gets in in the meeting and they all go to the races. And two days later, everything is forgotten. I mean, I've said it before. We we need to have a summit meeting like they did at the beginning of the Warriors. (laughs) Yes. Where all the gangs from all over meet in Central Park and we hash it out. But it never gets done. And being nice to people is not going to help. I I don't know Lisa Lazarus at all. But if I'm trying to fix racing, I'm not going to ever be nice to her. I mean, I'll be cordial to her. But I'm going to try to find holes in all the things that they do wrong, which is a lot. Everything that they've fixed has been fixed because of negative press. I mean, that's part of the process that, you know, yeah, we can't expect them to be perfect and they've been far from it, but telling them how good they're doing is, is a waste of time. Their paycheck should tell them how good they're doing. This is not like, you know, the sixth grade math team. This is real life. And they should be criticized at every single turn until they get it right. And that's all. I mean, and and that's just the way it is. Well, that's, that's nothing gets I... fixed without criticism. <clears throat> and that's why I don't understand how people just automatically fell in love with it without watching it work. Barry, towards... because it's just it's just basic psychology. So it's the same. It's along that same, I'm going all Dr. Phil here, but <laughs> the same 
thought process. Like people make horses out to be the greatest horse they ever saw because they want to see greatness. And it's the same process. They wanted something to come in and be great. They wanted it to come and, and fix things. They wanted, they got sick of uh, so-and-so and this guy and that guy and this happening and that happening. And it got built up so big that it, it was almost laughable when you look back and people thought that they were going to come in and, 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 and get rid of the two-year-old sales or just be galloping at the sales. There'd be no more doing this. And there'd be aftercare problem, you know, care uh, will be, taken care of they're going to take care of that and they're going to do this and none of that's happening it never was happening it's just the 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 desire of people sometimes um makes it, it you just confuse it with the reality of the situation and and that's happened a lot with with, with a lot of stuff in racing I mean, every time we have a horse break their maiden they look really good <laughs> or went on the race with two. Everybody starts talking about, you know, are they this? Are they that? Are they this? And ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they're not. They're not. But that's how people think with a lot of different, you know, a lot of different things. Um, it's just that thought process of not examining the reality, not examining the facts. It's just people trying projecting what they want what they want to see and that's just i mean it's just a waste of time yeah it's, i i mean i'm just it's it's <laughs> i mean at this point it's i don't even know what hissa does to be honest with you i, I, did, I didn't want to just turn this into a, a hissa no, but I mean, but, it, it came up, so yeah, um, it, just, yeah. I'm not really sure what they do. I, I mean, other than get into everybody's way, um, there's nothing productive I've seen really from it. There's certain things that, and, and this is again, I'm not just bitching about this, but there's certain things that are done better the way it's done now, but there's not a lot of them. I mean, one of the situations like today came up with Forte's, you know, positive was was reaffirmed, and uh, Pletcher got ten days and fine, and um, uh, you know, it's unknown if they're going to fight it. I was telling you earlier that generally the playbook to these kind of situations is you, you go to court and you make the commission spend a lot of money, and most of the time they cry uncle at some point and give up. Because they just don't want to spend a ton of money litigating these cases. It just isn't that important to them. This is a different case because it's a high-profile case. Because a lot of it seems personal. Um, and I, I don't know if Mike Rapoli really will spend the money to keep on pressing. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. And I, I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer, so I, don't, I can't tell you the <laughs> chances, but ju just generally, um, I mean, Todd Pletcher had a positive in the Delaware handicap. I guess I'm what, seven, eight, ten years ago. And eventually it just went away because the state of Delaware just got tired of, of going to court, basically. And they dropped it. 
I mean, that's what happens. It's just money. Um, I don't know. Like I said, this is a higher profile case. There's done. <clears throat> so I don't know. Uh, you know, you got Joe Drape uh, taking <laughs> a victory lap because he announced the thing. I mean, come yeah, on, man. Good, uh, great, great job, Joe. Yeah, you, good job. You, you announced it uh, eight months after it happened. Like you're, you're you know, to... <laughs> you didn't scoop it, dude. but um it's uh i mean that's that's a lot of my frustration with the heist is is it could be so much better if they just stopped being such assholes about some things and just tried to work to make things better but they just don't take that tact they take this hard line tag like we're here to regulate we're not here to help the industry and you know like like, like they we called the marines and you know <laughs> and it's it's just one of the reasons why it, it just needs to be revamped <sighs> so I'd have to say that in that scenario you would be Jack Nicholson and a few good men that's your role. I, I did not. Uh, you, you can't handle the truth. That's. I did not signal the code red. Man. <laughs> I, did I did. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the whole point of this conversation, where we've kind of gone, wound up, is is that you can't be nice. It's just the way it is. Like when you're pointing out the errors of something, you're. I mean, like. Not to kick a man when he's down, but look, look at look at Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. I mean, nobody's out there. If this was racing, people would be saying, you know, Zach Wilson was a really good quarterback college, and you know, at BYU he was really good. You know, he he's had a couple games where he's, hey, well, he sucks. Oh my God, you can't say that about him. You know. He was the number two pick. How can he suck? And blah, 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 blah. This agent's really a cool guy. And then, nah. you know, like, oh, he played great in that preseason game. That That's how racing would, would, would take it. <laughs> it it's, as, as funny as it is, it's very true. I mean, I see it all the time. Especially when, you know... <laughs> I guess the 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 X HRT litmus test is is one of those things, and you and you see the reactions as an observer, <clears throat> and then occasionally you get dragged into some nonsense. <laughs> I, I've just tried to like I, I've written things and then just deleted them because I'm like, man, nobody's gonna listen. It's the same people saying the same stuff, and like when a horse gets hurt in a race or pulls up or something, why do people need to? Feel, why do they feel the need to like instantly report this? I just don't understand that logic, and that's not being not being transparent. It's it's on the video if you could. People are watching. It's in the chart. It's going to be reported if it happens at a big track because, you know, if it's at Gulfstream or if it's at somewhere where the DRF's got someone, it's going to be, you know, 
there's going to be something about it. But I just don't see why people, regular people, feel the need to, oh, my God, someone else had a serious injury. Like, like why, why do we need to talk about that? Why is that good? I mean, do you drive down the road and, and you see an accident? Do you, like, tweet at the next red light? Oh, I just saw a terrible accident at, at, at uh, Fifth and, 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 and Jackson Street. And, uh, <coughs> there might be death. No one does that. You sure? No one does that. I don't know. Not regular people. Yeah. If it's your job to do that, if you're the traffic rookie, okay. But I mean, it's just we have this this whole subset of people that just want to be negative, and and it's the same stuff over and 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 over. Shit. I mean, we get to be like that on the show at times. Yeah. I, and I, I don't want to do that, but sometimes you just don't have anything freaking good to talk about. Especially this time of year, you know, it's kind of a dead period. It seems like it's every time, though. I mean, anyways, that I, I just get frustrated because I, I just see the same lame <clears throat> stuff. And you know what? You don't have to like me. But the fact is that I'm I'm willing to say being nice and being, you know, if it costs someone their job, hey, you know what? I trained horses, man. You know what? We got into a little slump. Guess what happened? They took the horses and they gave them to someone else. So I don't see why I should feel bad. That someone who's not doing a good job loses their job. And I mean an important job, not like track announcers. No offense, track announcers, but that's not a real important job. That doesn't affect any of us. There's no races that are affected by the track announcer. I just don't see why we should be able to like you said, and, and and it's a lot of times it's just not even personal. And sometimes, like I said before, man, the person, the, the front facing person is just taking a bullet. <laughs> they may not agree with it either, but they're they can't very well just, you know, go 100, you know, take a 180 degree different view of, of their superiors because then they get fired, too. And that's the thing is that it's not the grunts, man. It's not the people who are working in these positions. It's the people at the top that just remain clueless. I, I wrote something a, a couple of weeks ago. It talked about the Breeders' Cup and how the Breeders' Cup has become a, a giant mess. They can say whatever they want. They can say this, that, and the other thing. It's a mess. The 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 TV schedule is a mess. <laughs> the races are a mess. The, the the track circuit that is going on is is almost abandoned now. Almost. <laughs> so it's, it's just places. It's not like it's 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 <clears throat> gonna go out of business, but 
where are we going with this thing? And that's that's the that's the problem I have is that you have to do better, and and they just don't seem like they seem like that they're they're willing to just do this little nonsense. Oh, the West Coast, East Coast, uh, whatever they have the, some win and you're in program and the, the divisions, and and no one pays attention to it. Literally, no one pays attention to it. I people are so oblivious to it they don't even complain about it on Twitter. <laughs> wow, that that's something. That's doing something right there. If I ran the Breeders' Cup, I would want and I would try and I would, if I struck out, I struck out. But I would do everything in my power and the power of all the people. There's a lot of people on the Breeders' Cup committee that have a lot of uh, say in, in this industry. And I would try to set up something that resembled a a top class tour of racing from the summertime to the fall you want to get horses to run well incentivize it and d d incentivize not running there's ways of doing it so what's stopping them because everyone's happy because they're getting paid and, and, and no one at the top wants to change anything. And you got to remember the, lot of, the people with a lot of power, a lot of them are just rich people. Rich people have lots of shit to do. They got to golf. They got to go <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's play. I guess they don't have to do that anymore. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things that they do. They have a lot of them run huge businesses, but there's no desire to make it better. And sometimes you're going to strike out when you try to make it better, when you actually do something, not just shuffle the, the table a little bit. Oh, we're going to do this, and we're going to have a Western division and an Eastern division. I, I don't even know why we have a Western division, because none of the horses do anything. Again, I'm not picking on races in California, but, I mean, the horses aren't any good. Outside of the, the three-year-old division, the two-year-old's males turning into three, I mean, what other division are any horses out there competitive at the top levels? I mean, we had a Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita, and then <laughs> shut out. Horse, oh, did nothing. Shut out. Again, if it wasn't for the one Baffert three-year-old that, that miraculously got good on Breeders' Cup day, but still got beat, I mean, they did nothing. No offense to them, but. Yeah, that's what happened. I mean, you can't overlook the obvious. <laughs> but people say, well, we how do we make horses run? Well, you don't make them run. You create you, you make it where it it's it's a negative not to run. <clears throat> We've never had a problem with making it easier for the horses Think of it in the, in the handicap terms, mm-hmm. where in the old days, the whole, the heavier weights would be assigned to the better horses. The more the horse won, the more weight they carried. True. Well, let's do it the opposite way. Let's do it the opposite way. If you haven't had a race in, in 60 days prior, you carry two pounds extra. 
hey, you're fresh. If you win a grade race, uh, you know, a, a designated race in the in the three months before, you get two pounds off. These are just ideas off the top of my head. Right. And that would that would make sense. I mean, is it gonna make people like <clears throat> change the world? No. But four pound weight break, five pound weight break, six pound weight break, going a mile and a quarter on the dirt means something. I don't care about the Euros. I mean the turf races at this point, I mean, what difference does it make? <laughs> They can carry 150. But seriously, like, look at the mile division. There is no mile division. Why do we have a championship race going a mile on the dirt? Don't know. Breeders? No, the breeders. Why? Why did we add that? I don't know. That's a good question. If you're going to add that, then you should say, well, if we're going to have this race, then we should work to make a division to create um, a, a path right? point for uh, for our race. I'd like to see a series of mile races. But they don't do anything outside of the winning you're in. And winning you're in is just hand out to the rich people. You're just giving money to the owners. I guess I, you know, the breeders get something too, but I mean, in the end, it's just <laughs> it's it's like giving the um, you know, free car wash <laughs> ticket to the guy that owns the Lamborghini. I mean, he's, <laughs> it's just nothing that just doesn't change anything. I mean, how many horses say, you know, I have a viable contender for a race, but I didn't win a win in your end, so I'm not going. Whenever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just against that becoming a barrier for everything else because you need to spend money on that. I mean, going back to the TV situation, <laughs> Racing is the ultimate streaming sport. We were streaming our races, our product, uh, way before any other sports were. Way, way, way before it. Yet, somehow or another, we're still behind the times. The ratings for the Breeders' Cup are so bad that reaching out to Apple TV or... um, Netflix or, or one of the big services, which is trying to, they're all trying to get into live sports. They want no part of it. <laughs> no, that's not true. I guarantee you that's not true. Why wouldn't they want to be part of it? <clears throat> racing, you know, for all the negatives about horse racing, the demographics of a racing follower are really good. They're far, far wealthier than the average person. They tend to skew older. There's plenty of, of luxury products that don't want to appeal to 18, 33-year-olds. Oh, yeah. You're right. There's a market for it. But I don't know that anybody 
actually ever reaches out and, and, and tries to find it. And I don't know that you can stream all the races on, uh, but I would try, I would try to do something with them because, you know, the one thing that Amazon Prime and Apple and Netflix has, they have massive subscribers. <laughs> they have massive reach. Massive reach. <coughs> we can't get the the reach of those companies is so much bigger than even traditional television now. It, it's you know the other thing is this is a, a a worldwide sport. It's an international sport. It just seems to me that it would be a natural fit to put some sort of program together with uh-huh. one of those companies and, and follow horses for the last couple months and, and do a lead up a behind the scenes and then actually show the damn race. <clears throat> even if, even, even if it's just one, that, even if it's just that one race, even if it's just one race, Yeah. But everybody would you know what everyone's going to tell you. Oh, well, we can't do that. We can't do that. We have it. This we have that. We have this. We have that. We have this. We have that. Oh, well, they wouldn't do it. Uh... Yeah, you're not, oh, never going to know until them. you try. I mean, we've talked to them and they have no interest. In it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I give them a race. I mean, it isn't like they make much money from TV as it is. The only properties that really make any money from TV are the the Triple Crown races, and they have great ratings. I mean, the Breeders' Cup ratings are terrible, and and part of that is is just the rise of college football. I mean, it's a hugely popular sport, so I mean, it, it going up against it. I mean, we've always gone up against it, but it's college football is more popular now than it ever was. All anyone talked about for the last two days is Florida State, is, uh, the college football playoffs. <clears throat> People don't even like follow college football. Have an opinion. You know what's funny? You say that is my wife came home from work today and she said that uh, the people in her office, which are primarily ladies, were talking about that. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's just we can't change that. That that's just part of the. Uh, you know, what can you do? <laughs> you can't fight it. You <laughs> certainly can't join them. So, I mean, it's just, it is, it's a problem. The NFL is, is Sundays. You, you have no chance against them. So, I mean, trying to, come to find a, find a different audience somewhere else. I mean, it, having races on the USA network. I mean, how many people watch the USA network? Honestly, I didn't know it was a thing until they <laughs> the Breeders' Cup to it. I mean, that's when the, I was a kid, I used to watch it because they had the cartoons on there. That's the thing is that the people that are watching it are people that are racing people that would figure out a way to watch it no matter where they put it on. It. True. You, there, how many people are stumbling onto the <laughs> USA? Oh, look, horse racing. Wow, let's watch this. It's got to be a minuscule number. 
I mean, we're down to what? How, how many races were on? We're on, we're on uh, the big network. Three. I don't watch it. I watch at the. I'm usually at the track because I, I can't. It's just too much. I think three, maybe maybe four. I don't even recall. I have it taped. I just haven't watched it. I could tell you probably tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a lot. No, no, definitely. They run not. 14 of the things. <laughs> and maybe it's too late, man. Maybe, maybe we missed the, the boat. That's what it seems like. But. Or that's what I mean, it feels like. And, and I listen, there's lots of people, older people, especially that streaming, it's, it's too difficult. It's too difficult. But a lot of times it's too difficult because no one, if someone set it up for them, essentially it's not really much different than operating a, a remote. Right. Just turn it on. But click a couple we buttons. You can't worry about that. People are going to find it. Remember too, a lot of people who watch, especially older people, can watch the races at the races. That is, it's true. not like if if the NBA finals are on, well, you can't go to your local uh, arena and they're going to be playing it. But the Breeders' Cup, if you go to your local racetrack, they're going to have the races on. <laughs> they're going to be showing it, and they're going to be taking bets on it. Well, you know, the, the, the thing that bothers me the most is it just doesn't seem like anybody's making an attempt to right the ship. They'll give you the lip service and, yeah, this, that, and the other, but in the end, everything stays status quo and, you know, the rich get richer and everybody else suffers. I'm just saying, man, like racing suffers from a, 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 just a paralyzation sometimes. And people are afraid to, it, it is crazy to say, but people are afraid to, to strike out. People are afraid to make mistakes. People are afraid to take a swing and, and, and it was just got horses are, 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 are campaigned. It just conservatism. It's just like, nuts you know a horse gets good and all of a sudden the first thing that happens when they get good they give them time off but if you want to survive this is the type of, of logic that you have to use you can't say well you know NBC's been a good partner screw them <laughs> We're not the NFL, but look how the NFL deals with stuff. For how long has the NFL Sunday ticket been around? For 30 years? At least. With, it was always on DirecTV. And what did they do? <laughs> they Moved kicked it. it to the curb. Yep. Because they can get A, they get more money, and B, they see the light. Streaming's where it's going. People like my dad, they're dinosaurs. 
literally he's a literally a dinosaur. <laughs> but but <coughs> it's so it's so crazy because he'll drive like twelve miles out of his way to pay eight cents a gallon less for gas. Yet he still pays like two hundred forty bucks a month for his cable cable slash internet. Um uh, you know what? I have to say I'm with him on that one. Not not the not the uh the eight cents in gas thing, but the the cable. I definitely do that. Yeah, but no one else is Barry. That's the thing. People aren't doing it anymore. I mean I stream too though. <laughs> so it's, people, so it's like people aren't doing it. Like the generation the the two or three generations behind us, they have no interest in paying two hundred fifty dollars a month for Oh cable. no, definitely not. They have zero interest in that. Uh, I'm, Breezy watches everything on her phone, literally. Yeah, I, I believe me. I hear you. And we act in racing like we can't do things because you know you want to you want to be young and hip. Well, bow ties ain't where it's at. Well, that's so crazy because they were savvy enough to at least you know get on the uh, the mobile betting. And we utilize that. That's screwed up. And that, that's been screwed up. I mean, it's just we've been streaming races for twenty years, man. Oh yeah. We've been we've had online. You've been able to bet on your phone for twenty years, way before sports wagering came, long before <laughs> anyone else, any other sports streamed. Yeah, for quite a while, it was the only thing you could do. And everyone's just zoomed right by us, and we're still stuck in the same place. I think that's just probably just have to clean house at the top and get some somebody that is willing to do those things that you you're saying. I mean, the, the it's clear and obvious that the people that are there aren't willing to do this stuff. They're not willing to put their necks on the line or risk making a mistake publicly in order to push the sport to where it needs to be or at least in that direction until we get that it's not going to change you know I remember you know <clears throat> some tracks bringing in people that oh yeah they're, they're new they're fresh they're hip they're, they're gonna you know got some new ideas and I don't know if they're not able to, to, to actually put their ideas into practice or they just change once they got to that position. It's hard to tell. But I do know the results. And the results are the same as they were prior. Everybody gets too caught up in, in, in trying uh, in the details. Oh, well, we should, you know, we should do this and we should do that. We should do this. Yes, a lot of those things are true. But until the mentality 
changes and, and the mentality of of the people with the power changes. I, I just don't know that if it's ever going to happen. And that's, that's what really, to me, is terrible. It's like when you're down three touchdowns and there's five minutes to go in the game. You pull out any option. Right, you pull out all the stops. I, I mean, we used to, to do lose. it in basketball games. Right. You just start firing threes from everywhere trying to hit it. We're way down, man. <laughs> we got to start firing threes, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're, we're <laughs> bad in the game. <laughs> we're, we're, we're down good. 20, bro. No, it's it's not looking good. I mean, it's time it, it, to start to. We're playing the Prince in office, like, and we're down twenty. Yeah, oh, opening up the playbook here a little bit. <laughs> you say, "Oh, this Simon, he's nuts. He thinks he can go to Apple. Try him." We have a leg legacy sports event that appeals to upper crust people, uh, consumers with tons of disposable income, and we're well, we're, we're gonna. We're gonna we're dying to get involved with you. Tell us what you want. Oh, you Amazon, you you, you want to run a, a an Amazon tractor trailer down the stretch after the race? Okay, okay, done. we got you, bro. You want to have an Easy. Amazon blimp there dropping? Boom, dropping T-shirts. Keep, yeah, like <laughs> boom, done. Let's like go. Just, just, just think. Hail Mary stuff like Flutie type. Yeah. Just throw it. Everything we're doing is 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 awful. And it's <laughs> and I hate to say it, but it just is. It's just not it's not working. It's just not working. And it's such a shame because like going out to the track is so much fun. Like literally it's to me, it's it's there's nothing like it. You can't it doesn't compare to any other thing I've ever done. Or any other, you know, it's hard to, to compare it to other sporting events, but it, it's it's definitely unique in its own right. There's there's so many special things that go on, and it's like it, it's just wasted. It, it feels like it's wasted on on uh, in no man's land at this point. Like people don't realize how fun it is to go to the track, or people outside the game anyway. And we need those people in. We need more eyes on it, and we need more betters. And it's like everybody's sitting on their hands like, oh, well, I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it? No. You're going to do it? No. And it just goes around the room, (laughs) and nobody does anything. They're like, yeah, we see it, but we're not going to do anything about it. The the live racing is the hook. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody gets into it. TV is, is the second phase you get people to watch on tv after they've they've got the hook of being at a racetrack live right they're gonna play it's not like baseball man this is not like other sports other sports it's the opposite because a lot of people don't live near uh, an nfl stadium or a major league baseball stadium like when like you live up you grow up in saratoga we don't don't have any major league teams around here you gotta drive a couple hours so, you know, when you're 12, it ain't so easy to find someone to drive you a couple hours to go to a baseball game. <laughs> you learn by watching Little League, by, you know, playing Little League, or by watching minor league teams, little local teams, or, or you watch on television. Racing is different. 
there's not a lot of people that are going to get hooked into racing by watching on television because on television, it just ain't that compelling. There's not much action. No, there's a lot of rambling. But we have two, two, three minutes of action. And a lot, like you said, and, and for some reason, everyone's decided that we need to have 40 minutes in between races on big days. So oh, man, that's 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 one of my biggest pet peeves, man. Just making long. it just someone was on Twitter, not Twitter, on Facebook talking about <clears throat> having the Breeders' Cup in the Northeast. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> weather is a factor and people say, well, people go to football games. I said, yeah, but a football game is, is a three hour, three and a half hour window. Right, not seven. Races are, are the race days on the big days are long, man. Dude, remember? Remember? <laughs> I think it was Florida Derby one year. We we didn't even show up to the fourth race, and we were still like hurt <laughs> by race fourteen. Long days. <laughs> those are those are extremely. And on those kind of days, you're talking about about eight hour days. It's like a job. Trust me, going to the track is different than going to a football game. If you go to a game where it's cold and your football, you bundle up and you have gloves. You're at the racetrack. Well, you you, you know, you're going to have a program. You're going to have a form. You're going to write stuff. You're going to be betting stuff. You're going to have to. I mean, it's it's shit. Even if you're sitting there betting on your phone. It's still Um, cold. Yeah, (laughs) it's 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 a different experience. It's, It's just a different experience. But. But like you said, the the actual live racing, especially when you're at a track and there's a lot of people there, it, it's it still has the appeal, and it's not gonna change for parks. Parks is always gonna suck. It just is. There's nothing you can do. There's no going back and fixing it because it was never really any good. It was always parks. <laughs> Most tracks, you're not gonna be able to do that. Saratoga, Del Mar, Keeneland, Churchill to some degree. Yeah. Uh, those are the places that you can still get crowds. You know, you'll get a decent crowd on the weekend in Mammoth. There, there, you can still have, there's still enough pockets of racing. The live racing can, can make people, you know, fans. Tampa is, for, is a good example. Tampa, Tampa, right. I mean, they, they get a pretty good crowds on the regular. I mean, and Tampa's like a track that's small enough where a decent crowd looks bigger than it really is. Yeah, but they still get people there. I, I saw people kind of lamenting Belmont. I'm like, come on, man. That's Have you been good. to Belmont in the last, like, 15 years? Go, <laughs> to, go to Belmont on, on literally any day outside of Belmont Day, and you feel like you're, you're, you feel like you're in a bus station at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Can, your voice echoes. I mean, it's just a huge building that that's, you know, sadly isn't really required anymore. It was old. It, need, it needs to be gone. I loved Belmont. Oh man, that was such a great place, dude. When when I first started going to Belmont, <clears throat> a weekend would be twenty thousand people on a regular weekend. Not not a big weekend. A regular Saturday be eighteen thousand people, be twenty thousand people. Yeah, that's about right because I I know when I used to go visit my grandparents and we'd go out there, it's always a nice, decent crowd. Yeah, always. And this is like you know, between like eighty five and ninety two, like in that area, 
and it was always you know on the weekends for sure it was always nice crowd right now you you've been there lately it's 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 just it's not it's just not required well yeah you see him do the pan shot of the of the grandstand and it's like all you see is a billion benches and nobody on them oh well and a, and a lot of you know for a lot of people I mean, simulcasting and, and being able ADWs made it where you didn't have to go to the racetrack or you didn't have to go to the track that you wanted to bet at. I mean, where I lived in Florida, there was lots of days where I wasn't going to drive all the way to Gulfstream to watch a race. If I was only interested in one or two races, I wasn't fighting that traffic there and back. Oh, yeah, that's a beast, bro. <laughs> I, I would just stay home or... I was I lived ten minutes from Pompano. I'd go to Pompano. I'm just not willing to fight two hours worth of traffic, an hour there and an hour back to go to go twenty miles. <clears throat> same with New York. Same with Southern California. Same with any big city. It's just this quandary that racing has that it never came to grips with. That we were really desperate to be able to mass produce our product so that people could consume it virtually anywhere that they were and then on the other hand everybody in racing kind of looked at themselves and says oh man no one's coming to the track anymore i mean you can't have it both ways right and that's not to say that it wasn't inevitable anyways because could you imagine these days could you imagine now if if you couldn't bet on your phone if you had to go to a simulcast center to make a bet I mean, could you imagine that? Uh, probably more than you realize, because I mean, it felt it felt like it, we were closer to that than we really are. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when you know you bet and you know TVG first came online. The only way you could deposit was to go to the track. Yeah. And then it's like, well, why the fuck am I going to deposit the money when I'm right here and I can just make the damn bet? I'm here. You know, and obviously that was a lot of legal nonsense with, you know, credit cards and debit cards and all that stuff. They had to. We still have it sometimes. Yeah, depending on where you live. Yeah. People have no idea. The people, the newcomers have no idea how hard it is. Man, it was it was a to make a bet, <laughs> dude. It was a circus to try to figure out how you could put a bet down, especially when you really wanted to make one. It was always a hurdle, something always like, oh man, I can't go to, you know. Sometimes I I used to have that quandary because TVG didn't have a deposit center at Rockingham Park, and I lived about twelve minutes, like from door to door from Rockingham. I'd have to go to Suffolk, which was 45 to an hour away just to to make a deposit if I wanted to play at home on the weekend. And then they started those those things uh what was that money packs? Mhm. I mean, that was a little more convenient, but you still had to go to the store. So in the winter time, it, it was it was a menace. Either you had to walk to like CVS <laughs> If you had one close by or you had to, you know, shovel your car out and, and try it that way, you know. 
I remember. I, I think I told the story before. It was I was working at Belmont as a groom, <laughs> and uh, I had a tip on a horse at Santa Anita. <laughs> don't ask me how. I don't even remember where or how. Yeah, who did you get that tip from? Well, it was Easter <laughs> Sunday, so everything in New York was closed. The OTBs were closed, and um, you know the tracks were closed. So I drove over to the Meadowlands. And and this was before cell phones were a thing, and certainly was no such thing as ADWs. Um, and I went to the Meadowlands, and I remember driving up, and there was nobody there. I was like, "Shit, this place is closed too." <laughs> so they weren't open. And I remember driving past, and there was a guard or something, and I was like, "I asked. I think I asked them. I said, hey, you wouldn't happen to know if Garden State's open, would you? And he said, yeah, I think they're open. So yeah. I was like, ah, screw it. So I, I drove to Garden State, and I made it. I got there. Um, Please tell me the horse won. Yeah, the horse won. It paid like $11. <laughs> but, the, I, I mean, I had to drive to freaking Garden State, man. Yeah, that's the way. That's right outside of Philadelphia. I was in New York. Yeah. Like a bet to make one bet on one horse. <laughs> it might be a little bit of an extreme case, but I, I remember a place having to go to the Meadowlands <clears throat> because the New York OTBs didn't take certain tracks. It's it's so much it was so hard to make a bet back then. Oh man. It was terribly difficult. And then Sometimes you, you, you know, you make the bet and leave, and then you have to call the hotline to get the, the stretch call and the results, which costs you another, what, buck and a half? Nine, 99 cents a minute. <clears throat> and you have to remember the codes. Remember the codes? Yeah. <laughs> the track codes. Yeah. Holy shit, man. That was so terrible. But it was the only thing we had. Yeah, no right. At that point. Remember, they'd, they'd have the banks of phones at the track, and then right before the first race, they would lock them. Yes. <laughs> if you were at the racetrack 30 years ago, you, you couldn't make a phone call. <laughs> I mean, you literally couldn't make a phone call from the track. We didn't have cell phones, and, and all the pay phones were locked up. It's, it's it's crazy to think about it, but I mean, can you imagine when when we were kids, man? We we used to take the bookie sheets. <laughs> we were we were little bookmakers. <clears throat> We'd have the little, you know, the NFL, college football sheets where you circle. Yeah, the card. Yeah, yeah. I used to get them at the, at the barber shop. Yeah, we used we used to hand them out all over school. <laughs> we almost got killed one time. Some guy was like, was like eleven for twelve. We oh, we missed by one. It was gonna like wipe us out. But but now, I mean, back then, if if you could have told the the eighties Chuck that you could bet on sports, you could bet 
in-game props. You could bet player, like all this stuff. You could bet every track in the world. You could watch it on your telephone. I mean, it, it doesn't even hardly compute. This is within our lifetime. This wasn't like the 50s. <laughs> no, this was like 90s. And the it 90s. accelerated really fast. Exactly. I, I, this one, we'd go to Vegas and it would be like the greatest thing ever when you go because they have a sports book. You can, they'd have all the races. They'd have all the games. And you couldn't do that anywhere else. And then it all stopped. So the, the progression and the, the technology and all that stuff that they were investing in it just stopped. And like you said, they did the whole Roadrunner thing right by us. Like, everybody else. And we're still here. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're still stuck in the same spot. Dude, just think about like things like... Uh, market. Well, uh, you know, replays. Competition and- replays. Yeah. On YouTube, you get replays from anywhere on YouTube at any time. Like almost like the 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 replay center <laughs> at Saratoga. You get them on demand. When, you know, I used to tape the the Naira show just so I could see horses that I wanted to bet back. And I had a notebook and a bunch of VHS tapes. You don't have to do that anymore. Everything's digital. You got stable mail. Does everything for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know, but even, you know, even with the hurdles and all that stuff, it was still fun. You know, the, the betting was good. It was still, you know, there was opportunities now we don't even get that. It's just like, you know, the whole world's too sharp and everybody's four to five and they win a lot. Yeah, that's a thing. I mean, trying to beat big favorites is great when you can do it, but the problem is that they win a lot. And that's a product of short fields as much as anything. It's a product of, of, of the backside talent distribution being off. Right, the competitive balance not there. No, it's just not. It's just one of those problems that feeds into another problem. People don't identify the first problem, so their their unwillingness to deal with the problem of the horses not being distributed um, in a manner that that increases the competition on the racetrack that leads to a. a, a a poor product it leads to more of the medium type trainers and owners to leave and it just it's like the the pebble that starts at the top of the mountain we're way down the mountain now man we're, we're not <laughs> up, we're not up on the top you, you <coughs> find Santa Anita you see the top we're not up there anymore we're, we're down <laughs> that that pebble's a boulder and it's 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 at the you know where it's at it's at the top of the uh the down the hill course <laughs> I just want people in this business to stop being pussies. I guess that's the easiest way of putting it. I'm sure that won't be a great soundbite, but just stop being so scared of everything. Stop being um, 
like having the self-esteem of a eight-year-old little pimply-faced kid <laughs> and and take the positives <clears throat> that we do have we do have positives stop trying to make negatives into positives and and accent the positives but attack the negatives stop promoting trainers that we all think are shady even if they're not shady that's their own fault and it's their own problem it's not everyone else's problem this is not a court of law people think because uh, you know, oh well, you know they haven't did this. They haven't. Done it. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We know who we're talking about. Everyone knows who we're talking about. How does Marcus Vitali get uh, get, get have horses at the fairgrounds? No idea. How does anyone give him a stall? I don't give a shit if he sues you. Let him. Let him sue you. There's no better marketing to your customers than if a dirtbag sues you. None. He was running to be on the horseman, the HEPA board in Florida this uh, seven or eight years ago. <laughs> and he wrote a letter to everyone using using um, a hacked email system that he got into the system and, and, and sent it to everyone illegally, but not not quote unquote illegally, but against the the rules of the organization, and sent out a letter basically stating how you know he cared about racing and he was getting a raw deal, and at the end he signed his name wrong. He misspelled his last name. So that tells you who wrote obviously <laughs> him. <laughs> but I remember he was running and the problem we had was I think there was six people running for six six spots. Or maybe it was six people or seven people running for six spots. So like almost everyone was going to be elected. And I remember the person at the time who was the executive director, I said to him, because I was on the board, I said, Why are we allowing this guy to run? Well, the board, I said, who cares? Tell them no. Right, that's well, it, simple. The bylaws, who cares about the bylaws? He, well, you know, the guy was a lawyer. Well, I said, you let him sue us. I go, A, this is not a good person. B, this is not a person that anybody likes. This is not someone, a sympathetic figure. This is a person that has deserved his reputation. It's deserved. He deserves everything negative that happens to him. Him suing us, which he will not do because it will cost too much money, would be the best money we ever could spend. We would be more we would be money better spent than all the marketing in the world saying, Oh, we care about this, we care about that, we care about this. Taking a stance against a person that should have the stance taken against. This is not like the players' unions. Horsemen's groups aren't, aren't unions. A player's union literally has to represent the player. It's a, it's a collectively bargained contract. It's labor laws. It, it goes far beyond any representation that a horseman has. 
from uh, the NHTA or NHEPA. But why are we allowing these people to participate? And if we do allow them to participate, why aren't why are we? When you interview them, you are essentially legitimate. You're 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 giving them legitimacy. It just is. It just doesn't have to be that way. We can't just keep pretending like these people that have have these problems that are deserved. That doesn't mean every person gets a positive test should be shunned. Of course not. Most positive tests are bullshit, anyways. But the people who have problems at the 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 problems. The ones that have forces break down at a, at a remarkable rate. I'm not talking about Bob Baffer. I'm talking about the the low hanging fruit that somehow we can't pick. We can't pick. How do we not? Do, how can we not get that? And I don't want to hear the legal nonsense. You don't have to do anything illegal. Just shun them. Right. Isn't private property concern? Right. There's just so many things you can do with it without even having to do that. <clears throat> you know how to make someone's life uncomfortable. Well, I'm sure they do. <laughs> Believe me, talk bad about the track, they'll make your life uncomfortable. You had a guy that's, you know, a, a walking violation who's got a rap sheet. Is, of course, I don't even want to go into it, but, you know, these people, like Heisa doesn't concern themselves with anything that happened before they took over. But the, these people's reputations and, and their records are what they are. We're talking about it. A handful of people, right? I'm not talking about a hundred, a whole bunch of them. Just not, the, right. This the is the easy ones, the people. ones you could just think of right now in your head. And it's not a mystery either. That's the other thing. Is like this is very, very obvious. But it, it's just disheartening that, that they they don't want it as bad as we do. That's why it's it's just it, it sucks. That'd be true. Got a showdown this week, my friend. Where do you got a showdown? The suits versus for three. Oh, that's true. Yeah, buddy. Fantasy best. The Titans. Oh, the three and three Titans. <laughs> the, the 500 Titans. Yeah, we're, we're we're decidedly mediocre so far. Yeah, I think I think we got off the blocks a little slow. It's a long season. There's no playoffs this year, which actually benefits us as a slow start. But yeah. yeah, you know, the only bad part is I got, I think I got Giannis twice this week, two games. Yeah, it's a little weird. Strange week. The first game was, was <clears throat> anybody, anybody that, that complains about the in-season tournament in the NBA is someone that clearly is not watching the games. No, those games are phenomenal. The game today, the first game was like a playoff game. 
I mean, the people were into it. I, I haven't seen a, an NBA game in December that that had that was, energy. Was, yeah, no big. way it had that energy. You know, no, not not even close. No, it was. People like to be contrary, but so far it's it's worked out, man. Oof. Yeah, other than the the it's, rules it's, need a little bit of tweaking, but other than that, I mean, the game's uh, been phenomenal, and and some of those courts need to go in the uniform. The courts are a little bit obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, the, the the red one that the I, I, Houston, I think it is. Wanted, oh, it's awful. I understand why they wanted to brand it. They wanted it to look clearly right, to make sure that everybody knew it was a tournament game, but but. It went a little bit over the top. <laughs> yeah, man. That red floor is killer. I couldn't even watch those games. I was it like, no. Nah. Like, it looked like they were they were playing on the Red Sea, man. Yeah, it was ugly. But no, it's 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 just an example of, of right. Of trying something. something. Yes. <laughs> trying it. Exactly. Just try it. Try it. Exactly. So far it's been great. You know what happens? Somebody will get hurt in a game, and it was oh my god! But they weren't going to get hurt anyway. Right? They were going to get hurt in another in a regular season game anyway. Kelly Oubre got hurt, got run over by a car, maybe. Sort of. I see, I see you picked them up. Yeah, because I'm sharp. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and you see who I got rid of. Yeah. And he was he was technically a keeper. I don't know. Danny's probably going to hit me up and be like, "Is that okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't want scoop." I don't have time for Scoot's nonsense. He's probably going to be okay. He's just not. I not, I need not, production. Not right, not right now. Right, exactly. I need production. And Ubre was the best guy available that was coming off IR. And I think uh, whoever had him before dropped him after he got hit by the car. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll take him. I went to go get Jaquez and, and Joe Joey Decay beat me to it by like two minutes. But he's 0-4, right? He hasn't won a game. Or maybe he's 1-5. So that's all right. As long as somebody above me didn't get him, I'm okay with that. Yeah. What about the, what about the Cigar Mile? That was interesting. <laughs> the cigar grade three. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually shocked how that played out. I mean, Hoist the Gold's been kind of knocking on the door, but only when the, the horse gets feels that he can handle. And this was one of them. I mean, the, the favorite senior Buscador wasn't, you know, he's he not, wasn't winning on that track. Not on that track. No way. I mean, it was speed all day. Uh, he, you know, he ran pretty good to get second. Um, but man, that was he did, he did run well. well. Yeah, <clears throat> it was just a. You could probably take the results of most of those races and just x them. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the other one. Everybody's ranting and raving about uh, with door knock. <laughs> it was so funny. Every year the Remsen, everybody like swoons over it, and every year nothing happens. <laughs> the horses come out of there. And... I mean, visually, it was it was exciting to watch, but. When you realize what actually unfolded, you're like, ooh, that's not good. It was kind of an interesting race in that Doorknock went <clears throat> fast. The fractions were fast, but he was on by far the best part of the racetrack. Yeah, he was skipping over that. And I tend to think that 
that Sierra Leone hung, hung right rather than doing I, not I think back. he got tired from the ground loss and from fighting the bias and and he, I mean he got in pretty good too the stretch mm-hmm. he wasn't running straight he was running in sideways yes um but but it was it was a it was an interesting race but the Remsen just has not, and, and I'm not a big. All oh, this race hasn't produced this, hasn't produced that. But man, I, for whatever reason, the horses that run in that race just turn into pumpkins when they turn three. They peak too soon. I just don't do it. And, and and you would think that a mile and an eighth race would be a good indicator, um, but it just hasn't been true. And yeah, well, do you think that's a product of how they run horses these days, or is it just? They're just not I, as good. I, I mean, just—I don't think it's anything. I, I think it's just random. I mean, yeah, you, you have a different crop every year, right? You have a different group of horses, so um, it just seems the is like the good ones from that race they get put away, mm-hmm. and they don't always come back so good. Right. That was like uh, was, was it Independence Hall that won that? And he kind of yeah. fizzled, and he actually kind of hung around. He was okay, but he wasn't what people thought he was going to be. And even before that, there was another horse—I uh, forget the name—it was a Godolphin horse that was kind of peaked early and just kind of like was so-so. Once the <laughs> once the New Year came, it was like ah, he's all right. But the matriarch, man. Chad Brown Invitational. I don't, I don't understand I, how White Beam was favored there. Who did that? Better numbers. Just had better numbers, that's all. Yeah, but against whom and that, that's how? Who, because that's who, get, that's who gets bet these days, whoever has the better numbers. I mean, I, I couldn't make that horse win in that race. I, I tried, and I was like, I mean, White Beam win this race. And I was, I was like, how? How is this horse going to win? I, I just think it's funny that people swoon because Chad Brown ran one, two, three, four in a, in a turf race. Well, That's he what the, he does. He had, he had and he had the four three. best horses. He had, he, had, he had the first, he had the favorite, second choice, and third choice. So, like, when you have the first three choices, when you run one, two, three, it's not that surprising. It's not a great feat of of strength. It's just better, you know, it's superior. You just the horses. Right. The horses ran one, two, three. <clears throat> they were the three best horses. And I mean, going to California these days and and, and beating the California horses is not like. Uh, I, I just thought it was if this was nineteen ninety, it would have been like a huge story. But these days, it, it happens a lot. It's not a big deal. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that happens all the time. The best horses run one, two, three. They just happen to be trained by the same trainer. Speaking of which, it was it was good to see uh, a little bit of the old Joel show up. So I'm put a couple horses on the lead that he he, he doesn't really yeah, do much of anymore. The best thing for me is he's staying in California. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's, you know, that's that, why I don't have to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it it seems a little 
disrespectful when all those jockeys go over there to kind of get their, you know, get their mojo back. You know, he got his mojo back at Zia. Dettori went out there, won in races. Johnny D did the same thing. Now Joel's going to be out there, probably will do the same thing as long as Pratt keeps making visits out here. <laughs> I remember back in the day, it was a big deal when, when Gary Stevens <clears throat> decided to, to uh, ride at Belmont for the fall meet. Now guys just do it all the time. They're like, well, whatever. We'll go over here. We'll go over there. <clears throat> yeah. No. Ah. <sighs> You got anything else? No, nah, man. Just riding it out, homie. <clears throat> anything coming up this weekend? Well, I think Fairgrounds has a bunch of Louisiana bread races on Saturday. Those are usually fun. Uh, Gulfstream on Saturday has got a pair of two-year-old stakes in the turf that are they're interesting enough races. I mean, they're barely stakes, basically. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> there's not a lot of turf horses. In there. A lot of local horses have been racing on a tapita, so it's it's a little bit of a crapshoot. A little uh, chaos. That's, that's what I like. I dig it. I'm assuming New York doesn't have a whole lot going on. Stakes <clears throat> last weekend, and uh, I don't know California. They got something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in California. Is anything going on in California? They, just lost they got Los Los Al right for yeah. for like a week. Yeah, and then they go on hiatus right for like right. two right. weeks, and then come back after Christmas, right? I mean, I yeah. guess that's a good thing. At least they can reload and get some good fields. But that usually only lasts for like the first weekend after <laughs> after they come back. Right. Yeah. Well. Well, anyways, <clears throat> next week we'll talk about horse of the year. All right, go channel maker. I don't know which year, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll even have a guest next week. Okay, down with that. It'd be a good time for it, to be honest. I know we we need a guest. I'm too bitter. Too bitter. Part of it's the weather. It's got to be. Well, good to hear that you're uh, you're back in excellent health. Yeah, I feel good. So Bre- Breezy's got her got blue hair, so she's like all the other people in Florida with the blue hairs. Yep, freaking out the old people at the at Publix. Her hair's blue. Do you know her hair's blue? <laughs> yes. 
Publix. It's a strange place, Publix. Yeah, because babies don't cry in Publix. Hey, I think we're going to have a, a, a college football bowl challenge. Preview. Challenge? Preview. Challenge? Yeah. On the website? Yeah. Okay, website. okay, okay. Racing Hub, we're going to have a challenge. All right, I'm down with that. I think the first games are the 14th, so. I'm not taking FSU. Poor FSU. <clears throat> they got screwed, man. Uh, yeah, they did, but. It never made any sense to it. College football is, is almost like <laughs> it succeeds in spite of itself. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, e- even this week, all these kids are, 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 are forced to declare for the portal before any of the bowl games are played. Yeah, that's, that's, that's messed up. <laughs> it makes no sense. Why isn't why why isn't the portal open in, in January? Don't give me oh well the semester. Come on, man. Right. Come on. At this Come point, like semester. seriously, these these people are these guys are, are participating in a fall sport. All right. Wherever they enroll, they ain't gonna <clears throat> they ain't you know jumping in the portal on on December thirty first and and. Uh, showing up at whatever next school they are four days later. Right, they're fooling themselves. <laughs> we know that that's not happening. It's like they just because the NCA lost that case, they just put the stupidest rules up. I mean, Arizona's playing in the Alamo Bowl. They're playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma's quarterback, who's good, is, is not going to play because he's in the transfer pro or, or uh, the transfer whatever the hell it's called. The portal. The portal, which I'm, I'm, I'm in total favor of the portal. People should be able to do what they want to do within reason. Should be able to like, like transfer every year, because then you're just no. Like, but they just, shouldn't penalize you for that. Like, you but know. but but the problem you have now is that guys are all leaving now, and like the Bulls, why don't they count as games? I, that's what I don't understand. I, I love these guys. Oh, they play all year, but then they don't play in the bowl because they don't want to risk injury. So the game you played last week, right? To no get into the bowl game, right? Exactly. <laughs> they do all this playing to get into the bowl game. Then they get into the bowl game. Then they don't. Then oh, we're out. Oh, sorry. If you're a guy that had had a history of injuries of some sort, okay, Maybe. yeah, I can see that. But the guys in the football and in, in the playoff, they they cannot. <laughs> they don't opt out. But the guy in the in the other bowl game played two days before they opt. it just the whole thing is is bizarre yet people die well it's a great gambling venture too i mean it's a, it's a good thing to bet on and that's what people do these days and ratings just keep going up and up and up it's, it's just nuts it's just nuts but uh but anyways we're gonna have that. Yeah, we're gonna have it, and we're gonna hash if you that think out. You know, bowls. Well, football bowls. Then we want you in. There's gonna be a prize. Okay, that's what's up. I don't know what it's gonna be, but it's gonna be something. It's gonna be something. Yep, it's gonna be something. It's huge. All right. Well. 
we'll uh, we'll talk to everyone next week with a special guest. All right. We we actually will take uh, requests for guests. Oh. Yeah. Guest request. See who listened. Who stayed on this long to, to hear that? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.